Really excited to see so many of you here this morning. We welcome you as our honored guests. We thank you for coming. And we have, in this uh, series of lessons, been talking about how to have the good life now. And you have come for the finale of, of this series of lessons. And we have been looking at how Solomon has spent time sitting down with his son, explaining to him how to live his life in a proper way so that uh, he will avoid a lot of the difficulties that often our decisions, that our poor decisions put us into. And so you have Solomon sitting down with his son and explaining to him wise ways to walk in his life, how to make good decisions and take proper steps so that he can have the good life now. And in this final lesson, I want to just talk with you about how to have joy in living. As you probably know, and the scriptures certainly bear out, there, there's pretty much two courses in life. And you can make choices in your life that will make things easier, and you can make choices in life that will make things really difficult and really hard on yourself. And a lot of the Proverbs describe that. Proverbs 17:22, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And here is two, two courses of life. That you can do things in your life where you, you'll be able to have a joyful heart and you will have the joy and wise decisions and, and, and making uh, wise choices as to what to do with your life. And it's good medicine to, to the bones. Whereas, though, bad decisions, broken spirit. And, you know, our, our society is certainly in, in the pits of a broken spirit. A lot of people making decisions that really break them down, that they find themselves in, in difficult circumstances, in trying times. And a lot of our difficulties can arise from not making a, a good choice and when presented with various opportunities. Notice another proverb, very similar, that the joyful heart makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. And, and similarly with that, all the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. And all Solomon is doing in telling these Proverbs to his son is to say, look, you have a choice. Uh, do you want to have a, a joyful life? Do you want to have the cheerful heart? Or would you rather have the broken spirit? Now, of course, I can imagine his... I visualize, for those of you first time here, I visualize this son as the teenage son. I, I can't help that. I, I just kind of visualize that Solomon and the teenage son is going, well, duh, Dad, of course I want uh, the joyful life. I want good times, of course. But what Solomon is going to do is, is show his son, well, then here are the things you need to do. Here are the decisions that you need to make that will help you have a good life now. Now, the things that we're going to look at I'm going to be right up front with you and tell you. Our society doesn't say these are the right decisions. Our society uh, doesn't go along with the things that Solomon says. But I think you will accept logically that what Solomon says in these Proverbs makes sense. And that what pop psychology and TV psychologists and all these people, these talking heads, if you will, that try to tell us how to live our lives... Uh, there's not a lot of logic in them. And Solomon stands against that worldly wisdom that, that seems to pervade our minds. I want to just take a, a point to talk about the sorrow of life. Because Solomon does. He wants to express to his son, 
you and I can really ruin our lives. And, and as a young child, I don't think I understood that. But my father tried to sit me down from time to time and give me wisdom and explain to me what is right living and good decisions. And, and I failed to recognize that one or two decisions can make a tremendous impact upon the direction of your life. You realize the decisions you make about your own education and your own training make a tremendous impact in your life. The decision about who you spend time with if your friends makes a tremendous impact in your life. Even where you live makes a tremendous impact. Who you marry Tremendous impact in your life. And yet we only can count here just a, a handful of decisions that can change the complete outlook of the direction of where your life is going to go. And Solomon is trying to bring his son to his side and say, look, my son, I want you to be careful because if you make the wrong decisions, you can bring an utter disaster on yourself. Proverbs 18 and verse 14. A man's spirit can endure sickness. But who can lift up a broken spirit? This is uh, Solomon saying, you know, it's one thing to, to endure physical sickness. But when you break that inner spirit that each of us have, when, when you finally get to that breaking point that many of us in different difficulties, in times of problems that get to, he says, when you finally break that spirit, who, who can pick that up? What doctor can you go to that's going to help you when you've absolutely ruined your life? And that's what he's saying to his son is think about the decisions that you make because what you choose to do, nobody can even understand the immense amount of pain and suffering you can place yourself in. Proverbs 14.10, each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can share its joy. You know... As much as we try to sympathize with one another and say, you know, I know what you're going through, nobody knows what each of us is really going through. And that's what Solomon is saying to his son, is that you realize that some of the decisions that you and I can make, boy, there's nobody who's going to be able to come along and understand that pain and understand that bitterness and understand that kind of suffering. But by the same token, wise decisions, he tells his son, if you make good choices, you make upright decisions, who can share that joy? Nobody's going to understand the benefit and that internal peace and joy that you get, the satisfaction that you obtain from making good choices. Nobody's going to understand that. And so he's saying to his son, realize that there is a lot bound up in the decisions that you and I have to make that other people aren't going to understand. They're not going to understand how painful it is when you make the wrong choice. They're not going to understand how good it feels to make the right choice. But you will. And so make the wise decision. This proverb goes right along with that. Singing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart is like taking someone's coat in cold weather or pouring vinegar on a wound. <laughs> One of the, the things that, that is always the best is you know, in the middle of suffering, in the middle of difficulty, somebody always gives the, the three wonder, or four wonderful, wonderful words. Well, it could be worse. Thanks. <laughs> that's, that's what you have going on in this proverb is, you know, uh, you know cheer up. Oh, you're singing songs to the person. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And Solomon is saying to his son, I want you to see that 
you know, you can surround yourself with all the right friends, but if you make a bad decision, there's nothing that they can say or do to help you. And they can sing all they want to and tell you it's going to be okay, but you know the pain. And you know the difficulty. You know the suffering. And certainly I want to speak to the parents that if you have children, to try to communicate that to your children, that the decisions that they have to make in life, that the impact is so great. And when I was in my late teens and young 20s, I didn't have a clue that those decisions would do that. How would I ever know that going to college in Florida would mean I would now live the rest of my life in Florida? Every time I go back home to California, I say, what are you doing out there? You know, I'm born and raised out in San Diego, for crying out loud, way on the other end. I had no idea that would do that. We make a lot of decisions and a lot of important decisions when we're young that we don't realize are going to make a tremendous change and impact in our lives. And that's what Solomon is trying to say to his son is to to recognize that these decisions are going to be so monumental and there's nobody there that's going to make it feel an awful lot better if you make a bad one. And we'll have all the people. I love Job's friends. Job's friends did that. It could be worse. Uh, It doesn't give me any consolation when it's not worse for you. (laughs) You're living the good life. You're making good decisions. And yes, it could be worse, but... The pain we experience, though, often cannot be measured. I want to look then at just some of the Proverbs that teach us how to have joyful living. After telling his son, just open your eyes and see how many decisions can really bring bad consequences on ourselves. Open your eyes and see how to have joyful living. The first thing I want us just to consider is that sinful decisions bring sorrow. Righteous decisions bring joy. And the Proverbs are full of that. Really, if you went from chapter 1 all through the very end, and if you did not pick one up when you came in, we have proverb uh, books sitting back there of all the Proverbs. Read it from cover to cover because really the overall theme of Proverbs is this very point right here. That if you make good decisions, you will be able to have a cheerful heart. If you make bad decisions, it's going to hurt. The hope of the righteous... Is gladness. Now think about that. The person who's making right decisions, there is a hope that is bound up in that person. The person who's doing what's right, making those upright choices, choosing to do good things, choosing to follow God. Notice this is what he points out here. There's hope there. There's hope for gladness. There's hope for a good life. Good things can happen to you when you make good decisions. But notice the reverse. What's the expectation of those who don't make good decisions and choose not to follow God? There is no hope. Hope perishes. He's saying, you know what the outcome is to bad decisions. You've seen it in your own life. All of us have made mistakes. All of us have made bad choices. But let me go further and say, you've seen it in other people's lives. I know you have. You've seen it in other people's lives where you have sat back and said, why did that person make that decision? You scratch your head. Why would you ever make such a crazy choice like that? And then you see the consequences just heap all upon them. And you, you can't you almost have a little satisfaction. We should, but somebody go, well, duh. You know, I know that was gonna happen. We all saw it. It was like a big billboard. If you would make that decision, that's obviously what's gonna happen. It's easy to see in everybody else, but we often don't see it in ourselves. And that's what Solomon's trying to get his son to open his eyes and see. You make right decisions. You will have joyful living. Notice the next one. 
Proverbs 29 and verse 6. An evil man is snared by his own sin, but a righteous one can sing and be glad. Notice the the, the two points made here again. Uh, An evil man is going to get stuck in his own decisions. He's going to make choices and it's going to come back to haunt him. It's going to hurt him. Notice the word snared. You're going to be entrapped by the choices that you make. Notice the reverse. The righteous can sing. Uh, There's a, a picture of the heart right there. There is that internal joy. The one making right decisions. There is peace inside. There is the the warmth that you can sing and be joyful. And so he's saying to his son, think about your choices. Think about what you're going to do. I don't know if I get asked this question just because I'm a preacher. You have to tell me if you get asked this question. I get get asked this question. If I were to ever just to give up on God, you know, it's this hypothetical thing. You just gave up on God. What would you go do with your life? How would you live it? I think they expect me to say I would, you know, go shoot up mini marts and steal, and I don't know. I don't know what they they think I'm supposed to supposed to respond to that. The the proverbs I think solidify the point that I wouldn't change anything because these good decisions have led to a good life, and that's what the proverbs are trying to tell us: is that making these good decisions will make your life better. This isn't just only, well, God said I have to do these things. God has done this for a reason. He's given you these rules and laws because it will bring happiness and joy to your life. He's not just sitting out there throwing out rules left and right. I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change any aspect of my life. I wouldn't make a decision any different. And for some reason, our society tells us that happiness is is wrapped up in the bad decisions. Uh, Do we think that going and committing adultery is going to make us happy? Millions think so. And yet then they commit it again and again and again. They're obviously not finding happiness there. Millions think stealing, that's that's going to make us happy. If we we go do something like that, uh, my favorite, you know, I'm missing out because I'm not getting plowed drunk every weekend. You know, I'm just missing out on life. I don't think so. I don't see any value of waking up the next day forgetting what, not remembering what the day before was about. I don't see the practicality of that. What, what, what's the wisdom in that? Where's good living in that? And you know there's no happiness in that. Living for the weekend? Are you kidding me? If all there is to live for is Saturday, I feel so sorry. If that's all there is to life. But this is what society is bombarding us with and telling us. Is, well, do these things. Go out there and have fun. Live it up. And everybody comes back broken, lives shattered, poor decisions made, and hurt and suffering are the end result of that. And all Solomon is doing to his son is saying, I don't want you to go through that. And what parent doesn't want to prevent their child from going through tough times like that? And that's what Solomon's doing. My son, don't do that. Don't do that. And that's what we see here is this picture of it. Realize what's going to happen. You're going to be ensnared by your own choices. You're going to be ensnared by your own sin. These decisions will come back to hurt. And, and we've all tried these various outlets. You know, we've all tried working uh, outrageous hours at work. Are you any happier? <laughs> Work's not going to bring the joy. We, 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 we've tried accumulating wealth. We've tried to pile up as much wealth as we can. Are you any happier? It's not working. 
It's really not working for me. I, it, but just when you think you're going to get ahead, doesn't something always happen? <laughs> this is just when you think you got a little, a couple extra bucks, the car breaks. You, you're not going to accumulate wealth. It's not going to happen. There's no joy there. And Solomon's trying to get his son to understand this. You're not going to find satisfaction in seeking out the things of the world, throwing yourself into work, throwing yourself uh, into wealth and possessions and money. You, you keep doing it. We all have tried it, and none of us are finding joy. And Solomon's just trying to tell his son, don't, don't even waste your time. Realize righteous decisions. That's going to bring gladness. That's going to have your spirit sing. And so often... We're only hurting ourselves by committing sins. You know, if we stepped back and really were honest about the, a lot of the life choices that you and I have made, I think we would recognize that we've just outright hurt ourselves. And I love the word ensnared again because we get trapped by our own decisions. We have a society that's become addicted to sexual morality. We have a society that's addicted to alcohol and drugs and wealth. How is all this happening? Do you want to be a slave to these physical things? Do you want to be so enslaved to these things that you can't make good decisions anymore, that these things rule your life, that your brain is only built upon alcohol or only desiring sexual morality? Is that what we really want, is to be entrapped and ensnared by these things? See Solomon's plea to his son. Wake up. That's not good living. It's not righteous living. It's not going to bring you joy. Instead, make wise plans to have a joyful life. This next proverb is going to throw you off. You're going to read it probably and go, what does this have to do with all the tea in China? And then I'm going to explain it to you, and then you're going to hate me. So we'll just walk through it, okay? Proverbs 24, verse 27. Prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for you in the field, and after that, build your house. Now, that is an awesome proverb. And I'll just have to tell you, there's some Hebrew idioms here. You know, we have to... Realize this wasn't written for 21st century America straight out. This was written about 3,000 years ago. But the premise and the teachings are so critical. And the life planning that is involved in these sentences is really so important for us to see. The building of a house. Not talking here about, all right, let's go find a plot of land. We'll go build ourselves a house today. This is talking about family. In the Hebrew, when you talked about building a house, you talk, that, what that meant was having a spouse and having a family. And so notice what Solomon is teaching his son. He's saying, put things in their proper order. Do the first things first. Prepare your work outside. Get everything set outside. If I had to put that probably in our terms today, is get training. Get smart. Get yourself prepared so that you can have a job of work. Prepare the stuff outside. Then he says, then get everything ready for you in the field. Then have the work. Then build the house. Spouse, kids. Isn't that interesting that Solomon said that there? And it's in a very veiled proverb. And yet it's such an important proverb. We're in a society that has ripped it backward. Have the child, get married, then get the job, and then try to find an education. It ain't working. It's, it's just not going to work. I have tons of people that I know, and I know tons of situations of people who have tried to go a different way, and it doesn't work. So many of my friends that I grew up with have made a lot of bad decisions. It hurts me. It really hurts me. 
that, that they've made those decisions. That, you know, I've seen too many times. I went to school, but then he got married. And because he got married, he couldn't finish school. He couldn't afford to finish school, so he got a job. And now he has a stinky job that he hates because he couldn't finish his education. And so they have no money, so they can't have children because they can't afford it. And now then they got a divorce because things are really rotten. And it's like everything just life blown apart. Why? I think some of it has to do with not doing things in their proper order. And I think that's what Solomon really wants his son to see is if you do things in their proper order, you have a greater likelihood of success. You have a greater likelihood of finding joy in life. And so often these things are reversed all around. And we put them all in different order and jumbled up all in different ways. And we think it doesn't really matter what order you do them. And I just want you to see, he says, after that, build the house. It's really interesting. Prepare yourself first. Get yourself ready. Then do these other things. And so often we bounce them differently at different orders. Uh, A friend of mine, different friend, he did the child first, then marriage, then, I don't even think he could finish education, then he got a job, got the divorce, and still has custody, and just doesn't have a great job. It's just not a good life, he'll tell you that. It's, it's, It's fine. It's certainly not what you expected out of it, though. It's not having the good life now. It's painful. And going through all that was a tremendous amount of suffering for years and still feels the consequences of those decisions. Those decisions seem so small. Like we just mentioned at the very beginning of the lesson, who you'll marry, school, where you'll live, work, that seems so small. Not done properly, really big decisions. And Solomon is saying, careful, be careful. I remember my, my dad doing that to me. He's telling me, be careful. He'd always quote this building the house thing. I remember as a teenager going, I just don't get what you're talking about. Now I get the, the whole where the house thing came from. <laughs> I didn't understand that in the beginning. That's what he was saying. He was trying to tell me, do things in their proper order. Always cracked me up. I had lots of friends trying to figure out why we waited so long to have kids. We got married and we... Lived in Arkansas for two and a half years, and then we lived here for a couple of years. And because I wanted to make sure I had a job, <laughs> I, was, I didn't want to move here and you all hate me after two years. And then, then what was I going to do? <laughs> make sure everything was going to work out okay. Uh, and that's worked out positively for our lives. And that's all Solomon is saying is if you just try to keep things in their proper order, you can have positive come out of your life. Notice a similar one. Notice it's more housing. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with precious and pleasant treasures. This is a great picture. Once you get out of realizing we're not talking about physical homes here, now you understand what he's saying there. Wisdom through understanding, through knowledge, thinking things through, that builds the house. You want to have the good life. You want to have the picket fence with the spouse and the kids. And you want it all laid out real nicely. Notice what he says here. By wisdom that happens. By knowledge and understanding. Careful planning. Good decisions. 
That's how it happens. And notice the end result. Then the rooms are filled with precious and pleasant treasures. Do you think that was talking about TVs and VCRs? No. But the things that matter most, like we've talked about in so many of these proverbs, a joyful home, a wonderful place where you don't see like the proverb of the man dwelling on the rooftop, but a home, a family, and children, is a precious treasure from God. And that's what he's saying. You can have that if you will make wise decisions. You can have those good things if you will make good choices now. And so where you are in your life, especially early on, those decisions are really critical. And even where you are right now in your life, if you're later on in life, the decisions you're still making have a tremendous impact upon having the good life now that God wants you to have. Desire without knowledge is not good. (laughs) And one who moves too hurriedly misses the way. Proverbs 19 and verse 2. This is is a really important proverb as well. One, the first sentence, just because you and I want to do something doesn't make it a good idea. (laughs) That seems like a statement of the obvious, doesn't it? But maybe we need to hear that. Just because you and I want to do something doesn't make it a good idea. Desire without knowledge is not a good thing. You and I have a whole lot of want-tos, and we often follow through on the want-tos without thinking about the implications of it. And the end result and the consequences of going through with the want to. And and that's certainly where we are uh, in society today. That's certainly where we are with broken marriages, broken homes, and broken families, and sexual morality, and adultery, and fornication, all these things. It's a a whole lot of want to's and not a lot of forethought. And so you say, that's not good. That's not going to lead to a good life. It's not going to lead to to good decisions and being able to have joy in the heart. It's going to lead to suffering. And that's what he says here. The one who moves too hurriedly misses the way. Careful. Be thoughtful about that decision. Think about it. I will leave for you the filter that I've been trying to to leave upon us on almost a weekly basis. (laughs) Is it good for me spiritually? Question one. Making a decision. Is it good for me spiritually? Is it good for my family spiritually? Does it bring glory to God? Is it good spiritually for the group? Think about all those things. Is it good for the glory of God? Will it bring glory to God? Would it bring good spiritual choice to me? Is it a good spiritual choice for my family? So often our decisions are built upon the physical. And there's a desire without knowledge is not good. So often our decisions are simply built upon, I want to have this right now. I want this possession. I want to feel this way. I want to have this comfort. I want this kind of ease. And we don't think about the impact that has on our spouse, the impact that that has on our children, the impact that has on our friends, the impact that has on ourselves. And that's what Solomon's trying to say. How much it hurts yourself with bad decisions. And often we don't even think about the impact it has on our relationship with God. And so often we're just devastating our relationship with God. We wonder why we feel so separated from God. We wonder why things seem so estranged, why God feels so far away. And often it's because we're just hurting ourselves with repeatedly unrighteous decisions. we got to be really careful. Some final things I really want, want you to think about is that One, let me give you one statement of the obvious. 
We all want the good life now. We, we, we don't. Nobody signs up to life and says, I want it as bad and as rough as you can make it. <laughs> Nobody wants to, you know, just, just throw me into the pit and make it bad. No, we want it easy. And I'll tell you that God does not sign you up and say, I want it as bad and rough for you either. He doesn't want that. My friends, that is why He gave us this. Not to be real mean about, oh man, what, hey, i got to read this thing. He's trying to help you have the good life now. He's trying to help you make good choices, wise decisions. That's why He gave us His Word. And it's sitting there available for anyone to find out what He wants us to do and how to make these good decisions. And I really encourage you with something today. Stop chasing worthless pursuits. You and I, all of us have done it, and we all continue to do it. And we all know better, but we all still do it. We all know that true, deep happiness is not going to be found in getting to buy a bigger house or another car or a few more dollars in the bank or a bigger backyard or a new computer or a new job. It's not there. We've tried it. We've tried it, haven't we? we we've tried it. We, we, we all bought everything we could possibly buy. We've maxed up the credit card. We've blown ourselves into debt. We have tried to find happiness on every single avenue we can. We have tried so hard. And all of us come back to an empty feeling. What's missing? God's missing. We're not seeking God. And I hope you'll think about that pursuit yourself. Think about all the avenues you've tried. I have known many people who have told me that they've tried all that. They've had the wealth. They've had the marriage. They've had the businesses. They've had all the possessions you could possibly think about having. They've had the cars they wanted to drive. Get your new one, get yourself a new one every year. They've Gone out drinking with their friends, like we talked about, blitzed out, can't remember the next day, fun, okay. And they've told me it wasn't any fun. They've told me I've had it all. I had all those things, Brent. They've told me I've had every single one of those things. I've had the well. <laughs> My kids do that too, no big deal. <laughs> It's on the mountain. They've said we've had all those all that stuff. You've tried some of it. You may have not had all of it, so you may think you haven't had enough. A few more riches, a few more experiences, a little more of this, a little more of that, and you'll have it. I've had so many people say, I've had all that. I've had all that wealth. I've had all that you could possibly look for out there in this world. I've plunged myself into alcohol, into drugs. I've plunged myself into wealth. I've plunged myself into everything you could think of. And they've all come back to me with two things. One, with a shattered life. And two, realizing it wasn't worth it. Solomon says don't do that. Solomon's saying don't do that. 
You can have the good life now. Make good decisions. Follow the Lord with all your heart. Realize that our decisions can bring great joy or great sorrow. Pay attention to the weight of those decisions. Boy, they, they are, they're just big decisions. And you and I continue to have to make them the rest of our lives. The decisions we make have a tremendous impact. And they seem so small. But you know how we treat our kids while they're little has a big impact on our happiness later. Remember we talked about some of those uh, proverbs about parenting. And we'd say, oh, that's no big deal, right? It's a big deal. It's a real big deal. There's a lot of decisions we continue to have to make. Can you imagine that if Solomon's son had just ignored all of these proverbs, we spent a couple of months, and he ignored all these things that, that, that Solomon has said for him to do. And particularly what, like what we've looked at today, we looked at this picture of building the house, thinking things through properly, put things in their proper place. Can you imagine... That if Solomon's son said, eh, I'm not going to do any of that, Dad, do you think Solomon would have stood back and applauded and said, well, you know, you've got to live your own way, you know, do your own thing? I don't see that in Solomon. I think Solomon would have just been standing on a bucket yelling at his son, what are you doing? Don't do that. Don't do that. And parents, our responsibility to our kids has not ended 18. We need to keep telling them which way they need to go. Because some of those biggest life decisions are between like 18 and 25, 18 and 30. Huge, huge decisions. Help them. Instruct them. Teach them. Make them see that the good decisions make a big, big impact. And you don't want them to go down those wrong roads. You don't want to have to see them go through suffering. You've suffered enough in your own life. You don't want to see them go through worse. Help them see what's most important. And I hope you will help them see that God told you the best way to go all alone. It's like I have to, always having to drag myself back to Dad after making a bad decision. And Dad would just kind of sit there on the couch and just, you know, you don't have to say much. I knew and he knew. He, he, he told me better. I kind of come in. Head down, you know. I didn't make a good choice there. Okay, you understand now. There's God watching us. Making endless decisions. And I just wonder if he just sits there with folded hands, kind of shaking his head, going, I told you what you should do. I've told you everything you need to do to live the good life now. I've told you everything you need to do to be with me. Why won't you do it? Many of us have broken lives. We're suffering because of our decisions. That can change. It can change. It can change by making good decisions and it changes by following God with all of your heart. That had to be such a precious cry as Jesus told the people, come to me. All you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, I'll give you rest. It's the only place you're going to find rest. The pursuits of this world will not give you rest. You know that. You feel spazzed out by Saturday after all the work week? There's no rest in the things of the world. God will give you true happiness, true peace. And we're going to invite you this morning to come to Jesus Christ with all of your heart. You pull your song books out. As we sing this song, we're inviting you to accept the, the grace of God today.
that you will realize you need a Savior, and that God sent His Son so that you could be with Him eternally. And He left us the way to find Him. He left us His Word so that we can have the good life now and ultimately spend our lives with Him. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Turn away from these bad decisions that we often make. Decide, you know, that's just not the way for me anymore. I'm not going to make those bad decisions. I don't want to do that to myself. I don't want to do that to my family. I don't want to do it to God. And then be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. Have those sins washed away. Get the guilt off. Get clean in the sight of God. We really, really want you to do that. So you can accept this invitation in just a moment. When we stand, you can come forward and say that you're ready to do that. You can talk to me after services if you're interested in that. If you'd like to know more about God's will for you, ask somebody next to you. Talk to me. We're happy to assist you in any way to get to know God's will for your life. Won't you do so while we stand and while we sing?